a way to combat climate change that the Supreme Court can't stop. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Last week, the Supreme Court took away a major tool of the federal government to combat climate change that would have required power plants to shift away from coal to natural gas and renewable energy. Even though one of the Environmental Protection Agency's purposes is to curb the emissions of harmful substances, the six conservative justices said the power plant regulation had gone beyond what Congress authorized under the Clean Air Act. At the heart of the case was the Obama-era Clean Power Plan, which had never gone into effect and had been challenged by conservative states along with the coal industry. The Biden administration had indicated it would not reinstate the plan and told the justices that they need not even hear the case. Some environmentalists had worried the court would go much further than it did. The EPA can still require specific power plants to cut greenhouse gas emissions by using the best available technology, and it can still regulate methane emissions from the oil and gas industry and CO2 emissions from vehicles. The three liberal justices said that the decision takes away the power of the EPA to respond to the most pressing environmental challenge of our time. Justice Kagan wrote that the Supreme Court does not have a clue about how to address climate change and has now appointed itself, instead of the EPA or Congress, as the decision-maker on climate policy. California has enacted the country's most far-reaching law on single-use plastics and packaging, and it could serve as a model for other states. The legislation, called a Producer Responsibility Law, shifts the costs of collection and recycling operations to manufacturers instead of taxpayers. Also, all single-use packaging, including metals, paper, and plastics, will have to be compostable or recyclable within 10 years. The sale of single-use plastic packaging, like shampoo bottles, cups, and plasticware, will have to be reduced by 25%. And advocates are hoping for new programs, such as being able to refill detergent containers or beverages instead of tossing them. Plastic manufacturers will have to pay $5 billion into a fund over the next 10 years to mitigate the effects of the pollution primarily in low-income communities. At least three other states, Colorado, Maine, and Oregon, have producer responsibility laws similar to California's, but the new California law could affect the whole U.S. because of the size of the state's economy and its national and international supply chains. The threat of wildfires is top of mind right now, especially in the West, as the region becomes hotter and drier. Lightning strikes, a tossed cigarette butt, or a downed power line can start an inferno, but a lesser-known cause? Exploding birds. Our feathered friends like to sit on power lines. It gives them a place to rest or a strategic outpost to scour the landscape for prey. Typically, perching on a line is not an issue, but if a bird accidentally touches two wires with different voltages, they can be electrocuted and fall to the ground in a ball of flames, easily igniting dry vegetation or grasses below. Combusting birds are not by any stretch the main cause of wildfires, but they are not unheard of. According to new research by a Colorado company specializing in environmental engineering for utilities, around 44 fires in the U.S. from 2014 to 2018 were started by fried fowl. Power lines aren't just a fire hazard, they're also a threat to birds themselves. So to keep them safe, 
Utilities can wrap wires in insulation and add structures to discourage the creatures from perching in dangerous sections. While it adds expense, it would be a small cost in comparison to the destruction of wildlife habitat and the potential loss of human life. And finally, while the decision from the Supreme Court about power plants is a setback to combating the climate crisis, emissions from another carbon-spewing industry could be eliminated overnight, and no judge could stop it. The production of cement, a key component of concrete, contributes around 7% of global carbon emissions. Portland cement, the most common type, is made from quarried limestone, which is burned at high temperatures using fossil fuels. But a team of researchers led by the University of Colorado Boulder has figured out a way to make carbon-neutral cement from a type of microalgae that creates calcium carbonate, a main component of limestone. Through photosynthesis, the algae work fast, creating in real time what the natural quarried limestone took millions of years to form. The tiny organisms produce the largest amounts of new calcium carbonate on the planet, storing CO2 in mineral form as they grow. According to a university press release, making cement with the biologically grown limestone would mean that globally each year, a whopping two gigatons of carbon dioxide would no longer be released into the atmosphere, and more than 250 million additional tons of CO2 would be sequestered. And the team estimates that if cultivated on just 1% of the land that's currently used to grow corn, algae grown in ponds could meet the entire demand for cement in the U.S. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.